The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us, we're the custody queens, yeah, you can count on us, we're the custody queens. Welcome back to another glorious Saturday here on Go Country 105. I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the custody queens. Kristen and I just want to thank everyone so much for listening into our show every Saturday. It really means the world to us. And we just, we, we get up so excited to be here every Saturday on Go Country 105. Before we get into today's episode, which is all things step parents, Kristen and I wanted to go through one of our new-ish segments, uh, your high and your low of the week. So I'm going to throw it to Kristen, put her in the hot seat. Uh, what was your high and low of this week, Kristen? So my high is always super easy because, you know, who doesn't love having highs and being happy? But this uh, past week, I was able to watch my daughter in her very first gymnastics tournament, COVID style, of course, masks required and temperature checks and social distancing. She's incredible, by the way. And, uh, you know, she's been practicing. She started on the pre-team and then she went up and then she went to level two, but she hasn't been able to compete for the last year and a half because of COVID. And so we were finally able to, and being the competitor that I am, I was a nervous wreck. I, (laughs) I was, an absolute nervous wreck. She has four routines. She has the beam, the bar, the vault, and a floor routine. And she is six, and most of the girls on her team are eight and nine. And she's tiny. Uh, She's kind of built like me, you know, very, very uh, athletic, you know? Um, But she's, she's tiny, and I'm telling you, I I remember my husband coming and standing right next to me right before she was gonna do the bars. That was their first event. And he started talking to me and I was like, stop talking. I'm so nervous. And I had like tears in my eyes and she just freaking nailed it. And I, it was a very proud mom moment because I had, I had had her doing privates and doubling up on classes, but that little six-year-old worked so incredibly hard the last two months to learn all of her routines that I was such a proud mom. So that was absolutely a high. And I actually got to have a little talk with her after, you know, I, I told her not to look at me so she wouldn't fall off the beam or anything, but she took it very serious. And at some point I looked at her and she literally just looks back at me with her high bun and says, mom, I got this. <laughs> and it it just made me feel so good because I am raising, my husband and I are raising a very confident and intelligent young lady. And I, I was very proud and I was able to show her and have a talk with her about what your mind and your body can do when you put in the time. Yeah, she's my little hero. I my my little Sam self always wanted to be in gymnastics and my mom told me that I was going to be a giant so I wouldn't go anywhere with it, but I had the opportunity to look at Kristen shared me some of the videos and and she's incredible. She's a she's a rock star. She is a little boss mama for sure. But Sam, what? Uh, whoa, what? whoa, whoa, Kristen, where's your low? <laughs> where's your low, girl? <sighs> you know, um, I have pretty consistent lows. 
those, but... (laughs) (laughs) That's fair, me too. (laughs) You know, but I will say that uh, this past 10 days or so, I have been very overwhelmed. And when I get overwhelmed, uh, I, I deal with a little bit of anxiety and a little bit of OCD. And um, it's usually because my calendar is booked from the time I get up at 6.15 in the morning, or usually I'm up earlier, but it's making lunches, getting the kids ready for school. My husband is a huge help. And, you know, then from the minute I walk into the office to the minute I get home, which has been pretty late lately, I, you know, it's been jam packed to the point where I have to remind Sam and I to eat. And, and to take breaks for myself and, and really just sometimes go outside and, and take a deep breath. But when I deal with that anxiety and that sense of overwhelming, it of being overwhelmed, it is a sign to me that I need to go, whoa, 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 Kristen, self-care, right. self-care, and put a pause button on it. So I look forward to spending the rest of this weekend with my family and not opening my iPad or my phone and, and just really checking out. Very well-deserved. All right, so now we get to you. So what uh, what was the high of Sam and Pam this week? The high of Sam and Pam, well, I mean, this for anyone that doesn't know, Pam is my very adorable uh, blonde wiener dog, and she's the love of my life. No, um, we're always good, you know, lots of walks, lots of talks. She's my movie buddy, so um, the high of Sam and Pam is gonna just continue, the adventures of Pam, so um, I'm, you know, doing good with Pam. All right, so what was Sam's high? Um, well, I think my high and my low of the week w- kind of go together, I would say. Um, without sharing too much, I think that there was a, a time this week, and Kristen knows about it well, that um, I was called a name. And I have pretty tough skin. I do, and, and Kristen knows this. We get called a lot of names as attorneys. And we're still human, so sometimes I, I think it can get to you a little, a little more than not. Um, but I took this kind of as an opportunity, and, and it was case-related, but I, I took it as an opportunity to reflect on who I am as an attorney and who I want to be. And that kind of created my high of the week um, in another one of my cases, getting a really good result, and it just reminded me, you know, I've, I've been accused of a lot of things, falsely mostly, but um, I've never been accused of not caring enough about my cases, and, and Kristen shares that with me. We, we care deeply about our clients, and we care deeply about what we do every day, which is why we often work too hard. Um, but that was just kind of a, a reflection for me for this week. Yeah, I, along with you, have been called many names by generally opposing parties or fellow attorneys. While the amount of women that practice law has significantly increased even during my 10 years of being an attorney, it is still fairly a male-dominated profession, Sam, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And and there have been a few times where, you know, I'm not going to lie, where I think I've kicked some ass. And, you know, the other attorney wants to walk out of the office and, and share some not-so-kind words. And the first time that I heard it, it hurt. And you know what? The 20th time you hear it, you start taking it almost as a compliment. Because what do I teach my kids? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And if they're not talking about you, you're probably not doing something right. So yeah, it's right? the cheap shots that they, they go for. So Well, thanks for sharing, Sam. I love hearing your highs and your lows because 
you know, we're humans and we have we have days just like everybody out there listening. But is it story time yet? I think it's story time, Kristen. So now it's time for our favorite part of the show called Divorce Wars. Uh, and this is where we get to hear a gruesome tale, a, a hypothetical of a divorce or family law fact pattern. And Kristen and I analyze it. This is Divorce Wars. One night, my uncle was leaning on the kitchen counter, shooting the breeze with his wife, and she said to him, Do you want chicken or fish for dinner tonight? I need to know what to take out of the freezer. Oh, by the way, I'm having an affair with the next-door neighbor, so I want a divorce. Her nonchalance really threw him into a tailspin. If she could break that kind of news to him as easily as chicken or fish, what else did she have up her sleeve? He became convinced she was trying to kill him to expedite her love plans with the neighbor and that she'd accomplish this by poisoning his food. He had this idea that he would crumple newspapers and surround his bed with it just in case she tried to come in his room, he would hear the papers rustling. He then installed a deadbolt on his bedroom, bought himself a mini fridge and a hot plate and didn't leave his room until the mandatory waiting period to finalize the divorce expired. <laughs> wow, uh, there's a lot going on. If I might say that the mandatory uh, requirement for divorce in California is a minimum of, of six months and technically one day from the time that the party is served with the initial divorce document. So that's a long time hibernating with a mini fridge and some. I, I do respect the mini fridge game, though. <laughs> Kristen actually put a mini fridge in my office at work, and that is game changing. My friends, that is absolutely game changing. Yeah, you know, we are big Diet Coke and Diet Dr. Pepper fans and Red Bull too. But let's get the meat and potatoes of that case. Sam, you wanna start? Yeah, so I think the, the first thing that always triggers is, unfortunately, people separate for various reasons. And one of the more common reasons that Kristen and I hear and, and just people separate in general is infidelity. And it brings up a really, relevant point in California law and states differ but in California um, it really doesn't matter why you are divorcing all you need to do is check the box irreconcilable differences meaning it's just not working so the relevancy of wife cheating and and being nonchalant while well, from a, a logistical human aspect not cool um, from a legal aspect that's pretty much all that had to occur. I mean, she doesn't even actually need to tell him that she was cheating. She just has to say, I'm, I'm ready to separate. It takes two people to get married, one person to say, I'm done with the relationship, and, and it's it. Yeah, and there are a few instances where the affair, or if there's an, an accompanying domestic violence, like in this case, where that is involved, where quote unquote, the fault may come into play with respect to a restraining order or spousal support. Um, but like Sam said, for the most part, fault is, California is a no fault state, so it really has no relevance. She didn't even need to have an affair. She could have just said, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to be married anymore. And that would have been enough. Right. And, you know, with respect to husband's paranoia here, if, if it's simply paranoia, you know, that's unfortunate. And I, I hope that he, you know, puts some good food in his mini fridge. But 
Um, if it's not, and, and it, there is something to it, and he is truly scared, and she is doing something more than, I don't want to say just cheating, because that's awful, but but more than, than cheating, then that would give rise to a potential restraining order, which is what Kristen was referencing. Yeah, and I also wanted just to comment briefly on the way that the affair was delivered, the news of the affair. Uh, we deal with this a lot. We often work with or solicit the help of mental health professionals when we have cases where an affair needs to be disclosed or either to the children or the other party because it is so important in a family unit when that family unit is breaking up or dividing and there is going to be transition it is so important for those parents to have a conversation with a therapist and an expert and get some advice on how that information should be delivered to the children. And how you should have an age-appropriate conversation, whatever that may be. Much of that conversation may be deferred indefinitely or until your children are adults. But it, it's just really a great point that everything you do in your life is and especially when you're separating, is something that you should put a lot of thought into. If you're making a decision to separate from someone, you should contact an attorney first, figure out what you're going to do, and figure out a game plan. I mean, another part of this story is that uh, apparently the solution is to remain residing in the same house um, as someone that that husband in this case thinks might be after him. That's probably not socially or emotionally helpful or healthy for husband, so it, it's just a kind of a another thought of hey, call an attorney and 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 look through your own facts and how would be best to present them. Often, you probably don't want to be there when your spouse is served with the divorce paperwork. Yeah, no. Sometimes maybe you do because you want to give them a heads up and you want it to come from you, but. Um, you got to consider those things. Yeah, and those are definitely things you should bring up when you have a consult with an attorney. Uh, when I when I start from the intake process, I ask questions pertaining exactly to this. Are you still living together? Is there any domestic violence? And then I go through the elements and the definition of domestic violence because most people don't know. We've actually had a past episode where we talked about uh, domestic violence and the process. But I specifically asked someone and discussed the red flags associated with cohabitating, when domestic violence is going on, when an affair is going on, because it's not healthy. Right. And it is so easy to get a temporary restraining order in the state of California on just such limited and or fabricated facts that if you are continuing to live in a house where you're dividing or there's an affair going on, it's not healthy for you or the kids. Right. And I just had one last thought, because Sam, you brought up such a great point, that when you are having the talk with your kids about the separation and you're hopefully using and getting the advice from a therapist, your children don't need to know about an affair. Your children don't need to know about things that are not age appropriate. It does nothing for them and it only hurts them. That is their parents that you guys are talking about. And I would I would really advise both parents to go get therapy and counseling so they can individually work through their own problems. I couldn't agree more. And as it relates to your children, you, you know, your children really didn't put themselves in this situation. It's unfair to put your problems back onto them or to try to make your your child pick a side even if you're doing it subconsciously well i'm just telling my child the truth yeah but you know a five or six year old even a 10 year old should probably not be privy to your very adult marriage and separation yeah i i agree sam but we do hope that these people live happily ever after after divorce that's right Kristen. 
So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned, or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens, and you can call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. So now it's time for us to jump into our topic of the day, which is all things step-parents. I'm very excited about today's topic and you know when we think of step parents there is a family law code section that that governs an entire area of law for potential visitation and and that's not really the scope of today something to flag so that you know all our listeners do know that 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 is a potential but when we are talking about step parents and and significant others in general we're talking about the special relationship that occurs in custody cases or in in blended families where you know, there are these bonus parents, bonus support team that you may have on your side. And and for me, it's close to home. I have a stepdad. I love you, Matt. Um, I, I just could not say better things about him. But it was not always that way, right? My initial reaction to meeting my stepdad was was probably something that I'm, I'm not exactly proud of. And and we both retell very different stories, but um, I, I just think it's such a good topic to bring up and, and there's so many tips and, and things that I would like to share with all of you based on my own experience because it's a tough role. Being a, being a step-parent in general is, is a tough role. You're entering into a, a family unit and depending on the age of, of the children and the already existing co-parenting relationship, you could have a really different dynamic going on um, case by case and, and navigating that's difficult. Yeah, and the, the interesting thing about step-parents is even if you're not going through a divorce or separation, very likely someone in your family is. So you have a relative that has a step-parent or where your, your niece or nephew has a step-parent. You have family functions where there are third parties that are now coming into the family in that role of being a step-parent or a stepmom or a stepdad. And it's something that I always advise to take with grace and patience. Because the way that the you know the step parent is introduced from the onset of the relationship with the kids is so important. Just that little step can really set the stage for that and, relationship. And you couldn't be more right, Kristen. Like patience for me is is the number one thing because I, I think about my relationship with my stepdad and I'm like I, I'm so thankful that he was patient with me because you're going through so many emotions. You know, if if you have a parents are separating, you as a child, you didn't you didn't cause this. You may think you did, but you didn't cause this. This situation happened to you. You had a, a, a family unit that was connected one day and quite literally the next is occurring in two different homes. It is stressful. And I don't care what age you are when this happens, it is a situation where your guard is up. And, and you have to have some situational anxiety about it because it's not what you've known. And so then to introduce a new individual into a family unit, it's stressful. It doesn't mean that it can't work out long term, but I, I would just say, you know, to step parents out there, be patient because these children need you. And, and it is such a bonus to have somebody that is not necessarily biologically related to you, but has built a, a trusted and, and confident relationship with you so that you can really kind of move on in a healthy way. Yeah, and when you look at the perspective of, you know, the parents involved in this separation where you have your ex, 
you know, significant other or husband or wife bringing in the new third party. I look at that perspective with that person and it's tough for both of you. It is tough for the person say that husband is bringing in the girlfriend or the fiance or ultimately new wife into the relationship. That person has a tough and challenging role because they know they're not mom, hopefully, um, but they want to be there to love and support. And we all know how I am a huge advocate of kids need all the love they can get. So when I see these cases that are, there's so much conflict with third parties now coming in, it, it's I always try to advise my clients to take a step back. Now, if one of the third parties or the new significant others coming into the blended family is doing something wrong, clearly that needs to be addressed, you know? But when you look at the perspective, it's tough for everybody. It's tough for the other party to now see the other parent with a new person, a new relationship, when that was their, you know, their prior companion. And then the kids are going through this challenging because their family unit has has now transitioned and they don't know the role of this person. And maybe mom is telling them, you know, that's your new daddy. Hopefully not, because that's not what should happen but it's challenging all around. And I am a huge advocate that these kids should get as much love from everybody. And of course, it's not gonna be easy from the get-go. Transitions like this take experts to give you advice and training on how to navigate them. I do not, I do not ever encourage people to just try to wing it and, and force you know, dad and new girlfriend and mom and the kids to show up at Starbucks and force that, that greeting because it's gonna go bad. It's gotta be organic. You you have to give it some time. And you know, Kristen, you bring up a great point when you think about how step parents relate to family law or a, a custody issue or battle. Um, I hate the word battle, but it happens. You're not being helpful as a step parent by jumping in and, and and trying to say that you're right and and this is a 2v1 situation and this is how things should go. That's not gonna help the child. It doesn't matter if you're right. Your new significant other's ex-spouse could be the worst person around. It is not helpful to your child to be or your stepchild to be placed in the middle in that situation. And you're just in such a good spot to do good for a child and, and, and be there in so many other ways. So I would challenge step parents out there to really be involved in the ways that are not necessarily noticed on paper. What I mean by that is you don't need to review your spouse's talking parents family portal, which is a communication board that we, we use and implement in family law cases. You don't need to be in there reading the conversations. Between, don't be part of group text. Right. You don't need to be involved in that. Um, and, and those are the things that, that people often jump to. What you need to be involved in is the basketball game and, and the open communication and conversation when the child is ready to, to come to you with a problem or a question and how do you respond to it. I, I challenge you to do that because especially in my case, it does not happen overnight, but I can't imagine my life and our family unit without my stepdad at this point. He's been such a great person all around and it's really it's his patience you know and and building that relationship over time yeah i think if that step parent within boundaries and understands their role and really opens themselves up to the children and the other parent with grace and patience and allows it to happen organically 
you're only setting yourself up for success. And my advice to both of the other parents is use the same grace and patience because it's tough for everyone. But at the end of the day, I promise you the little tiny humans that are involved in this are the ones that are gonna be affected. Yeah, and imagine how awkward you must feel as a step parent just kind of jumping into a family. You're not just, you know, entering into a relationship with one person. It's a whole family already built in with its own dynamics that was created over years. And, you know, children, Kristen will tell you the way that Kristen has managed me over the years is very different than other people that she's managed. And it's be it's not because of lack of uniformity. It's because people respond to different stimuli and and. They, people are managed differently. I am a particular way. If you come to me and, and you're really hostile up front, you're gonna get a defensive Sam. That's just who I am. And so you have to learn people. And I think that step parents need to really focus on learning a child. And a lot of children take a while to open up. Sam, you really provided some great points and I love your personal experience that you shared with all of us today because I don't have any step parents. Uh, my parents have just recently celebrated their 41st anniversary, which is uh, pretty rare these days, but it, it's very exciting to me. But you add a whole nother component to this process and to the children's perspective that I can't attest to. So I really appreciate you sharing your experience and providing our listeners with so much of your personal experience. I'm very happy to do so. I do want to just give a quick shout out to Sam and I's girl, Naja Hall. She has a uh, podcast called I Know I'm Crazy. You can find it on her social media. She is a coach that deals specifically with step parents. And we have actually appeared on her podcast previously called again I know I'm crazy and she always ends her podcast with asking how we know we're crazy and I think my answer was that I don't uh, tell dry when I get out of the shower which is crazy <laughs> but <laughs> it, it is crazy and, and people keep trying it like they hear me talk about it and then I get people telling me like hey I think she's onto something I tried it but then no one understands it and I think it's just really kind of a it's just how we know you're crazy. Yeah, it's just efficiency <laughs> process. But we are going to have, hopefully, Naja Hall on at some point. Uh, she's based out of New York, but we've already talked, and she wants to fly out and see us. She was supposed to come earlier, but because of the pandemic, it's been a little uh, slow. She's also just an all-around great human. Yeah, she is. And she provides amazing tips on step-parents and coaching and how to integrate your new role as a step-parent into the family dynamic. I also just want to remind everybody that we did a blended family webinar and we have a therapist and we have other professionals and yours truly is on it uh, as well as Dane Holstrom you know the top gun of family law we did a panel and we specifically talked about all of the challenges related to blended families and we provide some great advice and tools you can find that webinar at the top of our custody queen website under resources and do the drop down to webinar but uh, check it out so before we wrap up today's show, I'm going to ask Kristen a true or false. Oh, Lordy. Are you ready? Ooh, I'm not good at this game. You I'm really not. 50% chance of being wrong. Okay. All right. Okay. You must take down your Christmas lights in Maine by January 14th or face a fine. In my head, Maine appears to be a pretty conservative state. I might be way completely off on that, um, but... I'm gonna go with true. You're wrong. Yeah, I knew I was on. I knew I was gonna be totally wrong with that. <laughs> My HOA will make us take our lights down by January 14th. You put it all on black in you. It didn't work. Oh um, man, I'm really not good at that game. Yeah, me either. I I was with you there though. I I really was. <laughs> 
All right, Kristen, I think we are about done with today's show. I'm sad that it's over. It's always over too quickly. Uh, I just wanted to again thank everyone for listening in with Kristen and I this Saturday and every Saturday on Go Country 105. And remember what we talked about today. In summary, step parents, parents, kids, all involved in the blended family. Remember to use patience, grace, ha- let things happen organically, and please seek the assistance and guidance of medical professionals to help you navigate that journey. And if you have any specific questions, feel free to reach out to at Samantha McBride if there's any personal questions, or you can reach out to us on Custody Queens or Custody Queens on Air. We love answering your questions. And please call us and leave voicemails at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. We have more giveaways coming soon, so make sure you follow us. You can follow us at Custody Queens, and I'm at Custody Queen Kristen. And I'm at Samantha McBride. And we had a wonderful Saturday with you all. And we look forward to seeing you next Saturday at 830. And remember, let Let love love rule. rule. Thought it was love, had kids in between. You can count on us with custody queens. Yeah, you can count on us with custody queens. The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.